0: Welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture discussing issues men face every day. It is a program where men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. I'm your host, Mike Salen, and I thank you for joining us. As many of you probably know, I'm connected with the Iron Sharp and Zion Conference Network, and it's through this network that I first met our guest on this episode as we attended an ISI Leaders' Conferences and participated regularly on conference calls regarding the ISI Conferences. My guest today is Scott Haima. Scott's life work has been intergenerational, musculine, and in discipleship. This passion was developed as early as age 10 when his dad started a Royal Rangers outpost in Trenton, Michigan. Scott was very active in this until 1999 when he became active in Christian Service Brigade, also a lot of times known as CSB. Professionally, Scott took a few paths before full time ministry. He served in the United States Air Force, and the second path led to finance positions at Price Warhouse Coopers, Buffalo Sabres, and Merchants Insurance Group. In 1999, the third path developed. He was asked to serve on the board of directors for CSB Ministries. In 2009, and felt the call to accept the full-time position of regional in 2010. In 2015, Scott was selected as president of CSB Ministries. Scott has three sons and one daughter. and still active at his local church, speaks regularly at men's breakfasts, events, and iron charges, iron spins, conferences, and is now an Adirondacker 46er. He, it He is his fervent prayer to see godly men take responsibility to serve lead and disciple generations welcome scott i appreciate you joining us today
1: thank you mike it's uh it's really a pleasure and honor that you asked me to be here with you and yes that intergenerational aspect uh the the last part at bio um my my life has been filled with lots of paths and turns and you know we're intentionally wanting to see every men do those serve, equip and disciple each generation, because as men disciple and mentor boys and young men, they're doing the same thing with each other. Uh, my own story in Christian service brigade, when I started in 1999, there were five other men involved at the same time. I was mm-hmm. Jim, Jim, Alan, Jason and Dave. I cannot imagine my life without them in it we are all still connected to each other's lives um, many of them are still involved in CSB like I am um, but we uh, they truly are brothers uh Chuck Stecker uh, and Dan Erickson yeah boy, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if you ever had the pleasure to meet Dan Mike oh, yeah. you know, he, oh, yeah. he was he was on the iron sharpens iron Network we had the uh, honor and privilege of uh Dan's last um, speaking engagement at an iron sharpens iron he was sick at that time, and Chuck um, helped him through that, because Chuck and Dan were our two keynote speakers, and they they ended the day powerfully, and the question was, do you have a man in your life that you can call at two in the morning, and then we'll drop everything to be there for you? Oh, man. I've, that, got, that, so, I've got so many of them, you know, through, yeah. through this involvement in Christian Service Brigade. Oh man,
0: and that's so important. That's one of the things that I, I, I too talk a lot about is the importance of having a man like that in your life. In fact, I even mentioned to somebody last night when we were um, uh, I was leading a small group of men through through uh, uh, a book and we were talking about good friendships and I said, you know, statistically they say that if a man lives to a ripe old age, there's only, only two or three guys he would be fortunate enough to have men in their lives that he can he can call on like that. And it's very important for us to have those kinds of guys. Uh, Absolutely. Appreciate appreciate you sharing that. Well, let me before we get into the really discussion of Christian Service Brigade and other aspects that I know you might want you you're wanting to get into. I want to ask you about your life verse. What is a a verse that you considered a a your favorite verse or a life verse or or something that's very meaningful to you in your ministry and and uh, and why is that verse so important to you?
1: Sure, I, I, I would love to share that. You know, I talked about the many paths my you know, professional career life has taken, but also personal life has, has taken many different paths as well. Uh, you know, I, things came easy to me growing up. I was a good student. Uh, I wasn't a great athlete, but sports came easy. It was easy to make friends. I just, I just thought in my mind that everything would be like this throughout my entire life. And you know, I I had been married uh, for 15 years, four children, and things were starting to look up. And my my wife of 15 years came to me and said, "I'm I'm leaving." It devastated and totally rocked my world. It was not something that I desired. Um, I wanted to continue to work on the marriage, Um, but you know, one of the things that was uh, uh, one of the biggest lessons for me. Was to accept something that was out of my control. And as well as then uh, several year, years later, uh, my brother, who um, was a youth pastor and a youth evangelist in the Syracuse, New York area, uh, contracted melanoma cancer. And, you know, we, of course, prayed for his healing. And, you know, God had other plans and took him home in January. Um, uh, 2005, And so my life verse, you know, you, you know, going back many, many years, probably 20, 25 years is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will guide your paths. So many things of what had happened to me through that, that we, we pray, fervently prayed, you know, that there would be reconciliation in my marriage there would be healing with my brother that you know and you know god had other plans and we don't understand it but at the end of the day i trust and believe in a sovereign god
0: amen amen that's a good verse to stand on that's true um a lot of us don't need to need to apply that into our lives of trusting in god in that one in that manner uh well scott Thank you. When did you recognize your need for Christ? How did you come to Christ and, and, uh, start developing that, uh, that relationship with him?
1: Sure. My, I, I've been extremely blessed in my family on both sides, both of my parents, uh, parents, um, you know, accepted Christ as their savior. And so it, it has always been in my life, um, at least third generation. And I, I remember clearly, uh, you read in the bio growing up in Trenton, Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, went to a, uh, a camp in uh, central Michigan called Fajola, Faith, Hope and Love. And mm-hmm. I still clearly remember the day walking down the center aisle of the, the camp chapel. I was at a summer camp. Right. Uh, Dr. Dobson says two of the most spiritually impactful times in a child's life is, uh, is summer camp. And vacation Bible school, if if your church does that, and and sure enough, that was for me. Um, I was at age eight, um, and thankfully, I have never, you know, you know that the Christianese term backslidden. Um, <laughs> I, I have made a ton of mistakes. I have, you know, you know, there's there's a lot of things that um, I wish that I could do over, but you know, mm-hmm. no regrets. But 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 thankfully, I've been, you know to the best of my ability serving our heavenly father since age eight
0: uh that's super to do that i was later in life before i I recognized my need i did that um i got wet when i was 13 but it wasn't until i was 17 that i understood what the the importance of uh, having that deep relationship with with christ and so it's great to hear yeah it's great to hear um here guys like yourself who come to come to the Lord at a very early age and and so uh I appreciate you sharing that. Sure. Christian Service Brigade. I know in our bio we talk we talk a little bit about you going into it and serving a little bit part time it looked like, and then finally you came full time and then you come to president of it. What is Christian Service Brigade for our listeners who may not have heard of the organization and,
1: and what do y'all do? Well, um, it it's interesting uh, in, in traveling around and, and talking to men, and I'll, I'll mention, you know, Christian Service Brigade, and I'll hear one of two things. I'm like, oh, I was in that as, as a boy, and I loved it, really, you know, impacted me, or I never heard of you. And so uh, we've actually been around uh, for 85 years. Um, A gentleman by the name of Joe Coughlin, he was a a college sophomore at Wheaton College in Illinois, and he uh, took the challenge and accepted a service project of 12 12 year old boys at a local church in Glen Ellen, Illinois, and he wanted to, they were kind of known to be a little rowdy. And so he wanted to um, not just have things for them to do but he wanted to have them do things for Christ. And Mm so he wanted to uh, share the gospel, but uh, he really knew and understood how boys like to learn. It's, uh, you know, we, unfortunately in our culture today, put boys and girls in the same category, same uh, classrooms. And we we can see in standardized standardized testing and all of that where it, the, the girls and the women are just beating boys and men these days um, mm-hmm. because we're, we're put in the, the same type of classroom situation. Boys love to learn hands-on. They, uh, uh, you know, they, you, you, you put them in a classroom set setting and f- start feeding them information. That's not the way that they like to teach, you know, to learn. They like to learn through life lessons. They like to learn with activities, projects,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know i i think it was um rick not rick um john eldridge you know who mm-hmm. talked about the chairlift principle mm-hmm. you know where, where men sit next to each other and they're not face to face and so uh Jill coughlin understood this and started to develop activities everything with a spiritual application. You know, if you looked at our website and, um, you know, we have uniforms and achievements and patches, you'd say, oh, they're Christian Boy Scouts, but we're much more than that. What it is, is it it is a mentoring and discipleship ministry because we know and understand that it takes men. You need to have uh, uh, men involved. For all 85 years, we've been gender specific and uh, men, we, we equip them as our vision says, we want to see all men take responsibility to serve, lead, and equip each generation. Mm-hmm. And so, by training the men, uh, they get more confidence in um, discipling and mentoring the next generation. And in in so many ways, what you do is to get them involved to say, "Come and share your hobby." Mm-hmm. You know, t- you know, I've got two professional fishermen in my church, and we've in in our stockade age which is uh, grades um three through six uh we've got a fishing module so we we teach them a, a lot of the aspects of fishing show them how to cast build a lure all of that all the while we're teaching them about witnessing because what did jesus say come and i will make you fishers of men and so it's great to get men involved that really have an expertise in this topic. I can teach about fishing. I I, I enjoy it. I like it. But but to have um, to have an expert do it. In fact, we were um, uh, we we were teaching them how to make lures. We we have these kits, and there's all these wires and beads, and there's there's a a tool to use for the end to put this special loop on it, and to to tie the line off. Well, I did not know how to use this tool. So I had actually just been taught that day. And then we were going around and we were going to do it and help the boys. And this one young boy, Aiden, says, nope, I don't want your help. I want the professional. (laughs) (laughs) I I would too. So, you know, it's great. It's really awesome to be able to get men involved that way, whether they be a woodworker. Uh, Right now in my own group are doing first aid so we're going to have an emt come in and this is a great way to get men involved super
0: well you know you're talking about boys and, and reaching in different ages and you had uh, different groups. what ages of uh, boys do csb uh, minister to and and how's that broken up
1: uh, in some churches we can start as early as age four um, okay. you know we we had a we had a program called tadpoles um, but that's very outdated and, you know, due to some limited resources, we haven't updated that, but, uh, you know, uh, we have, we go from age, uh, four or five, all the way to 18. Um, we've got us we've got specific discipleship paths all the way through that men will guide them to it. Our ultimate pinnacle achievement is called the Herald of Christ. Um, it, you know, we, we, we can't equate ourselves to it being an Eagle Scout, um, you know, because while we will use things as you know, how to build a, a fire with one match, how to lash a tripod, you know, if a young man can't necessarily do that well by the time he reaches eight, age eighteen, but he can apply the principles of Second Timothy two two and lead someone else to Christ, right? We have done our job. You know, yeah. what, you know, it's for us. It's not about adding to the kingdom; it's about multiplying because. Uh, in, in our oldest age group is called Battalion, and the tagline is where leadership is learned. We actually put the the high school young men into small groups and and teach them how to lead. And so they they come away with um, being not just disciples of Jesus Christ, but disciple makers.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's super and that's great that we're doing this. now, does churches, or do do they uh subscribe to csb kind of like in in chapters groups how how does that
1: work or do you, that yeah. is that is correct in in the 1940s our board of directors um said that we uh, can only work through the context of a local church okay and, uh, we're still there you know there there's of course been talks about you know Getting a group of men and doing it in their home or in in a community center, you know, that might be the future. Um, But we, right now, we work through the context of a local church. It becomes a ministry of that local church, run by its men. Mm. And so we uh, we're 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 very proud of that aspect and and uh, like that model. How does how does
0: the church? Get involved. How's the church that thinks that they want to do something like this? How do they connect with you and and go through the process of starting a, a what do you call them? Do you do you call them troops or do you
1: unit. what do you call yes. them? Yes, we, we call them a unit. Yes. They're a they're, unit. Okay. There's there's other there's other like-minded ministries out there, Trail Life USA, they call them troops. Um, yeah. I grew up in Royal Rangers royal rangers is predominantly in the assemblies of god denomination mm-hmm. they, they've been reaching out a little bit they're very similar to us mm-hmm. calvin cadet corps is um predominantly in the christian reformed denomination uh like royal rangers calls them outposts we call them units and okay. you know we you know we'll go to iron sharpens iron conferences and um eat, speak and present or have a table and and chat with men about be, you know becoming interested in and then we've got uh, regional directors across the country that would be would put in touch with them. And uh, okay. we've got a spe- specific step-by-step process that that they can take to um, partnering with us. Will they just go on the
0: website and fill out a uh, contact information or send an email? Absolutely. Or on our website,
1: csbministries.org. Again, csbministries.org. Uh, there is a link there called Start a Unit. Uh, of course, in there, uh, there is a lot of information about what and how we do in our mission and why you would want to do this. But uh, the Start a Unit, uh, we, we could start the conversation from there.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you about the um, demographics of the young men and the young boys that, that uh, are actually a CSB. Um, you work with the young, young boys and young men. And so you, you kind of know a lot about what's going on in their lives these days holistically. And, and the fact that uh, we have so many of our young boys are growing up in fatherless homes mm-hmm. or, or fathers or homes where the fathers are not really very active with them. Uh, do you do you deal with a lot of those kind of boys and do you really encourage the, 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 uh, the moms to get those boys involved in, in CSB to, to work out the go through that process of training them to grow up in Christ.
1: Absolutely. You know, when you use the word demographics, I, I, I immediately started thinking about that. And one, one thing that we really are trying to make some strides in is some city churches. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. we, we partner a lot with suburban churches and mm-hmm. that we, we want to make sure that we, you know, have a broad demographic uh, of, boys that are involved and no matter if you are in the city or in the suburbs uh you know the fatherlessness is is rampant in this country i i, yeah. I don't know the exact stats lately but it um from what i've heard is it's about one third of children grow up without a fa- a biological father in the home and right. so um that it is definitely i i have several right in my own um unit at my local church. And the mothers come to me often and say, thank you so much for this, because they don't have an adult male speaking into their lives on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, the, the the aspect of a lot of the statistics, uh, this is what disturbs me, it bothers me that we have a lot of young boys that don't have any dads in the home. But what bothers me even greater is the dads that are in the homes but yet still does not have any kind of a interaction with their young boys. Yes. You talk about inter- intergenerational discipleship and ministry. What's, the, what's that all about? Talk, talk about it a little bit. Uh,
1: the local church today is kind of split up into what I like to refer as silos. So think of the family car going to church, uh, you know, specifically on a Sunday morning or, or whatnot. So the, mm-hmm. you've got the children in the car. And they go to they go to their children's church. Then you've got the youth, the teens, and they go to their their church. And then the adults, um, some call it the big house, you know, the you know, hence a big church, whatnot, and they go to theirs. And uh, unfortunately, they don't cross intersect, and uh, they they're they're put in, into a silo. And I think that um, you know when you when you look back at, at the formation of tribes. Um, uh, you know, back when the Israelites were first, uh, starting a nation, God put every, um, every person, you know, in a family unit and then in a tribe, uh, and they, they didn't separate them out by age. And so, uh, that's one thing that I love about Christian Service Brigade is that we take we take all of those aspects, the children, the youth, and the adults, and they cross all of those silos that we're talking about. It is, as I would mentioned earlier, it takes the men as we train and equip them to uh, mentor and disciple the boys and young men. And I love it too, where we can, uh, most of the men that get involved in our ministry, our dads and and their sons are in uh, sons are in the program.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When when the sons uh, age out and graduate, uh, I st- I encourage the men to stay involved because they may not necessarily be involved uh, directly with the boys or young men anymore. But the new generation of dads coming in can really use an older man in oh, his. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, to, to um, you know, talk to him about, you know, early things going on with his marriage or life or work situations. It's just um, it's it's wonderful to see when uh, we, we've got some 50, 60, 70 year olds still involved, um, my uh, partner. And, and I, I got to really make sure that I use that term in the right context these days. Um, my partner in ministry with the Iron Sharpens Iron, Sam Richbart, with Executive Director of Hickory Hill, um, both of us lost our fathers recently, but Sam's father was involved in Christian Service Brigade directly as a leader for 55 plus years. Wow. Wow. Not only impacted so many boys, but the the men around him too, just, you know, count him as a spiritual father as well.
0: Well, you know that, that that's that's important what you're just saying because one of the things I talk a lot about too is I think the churches and I don't mean any one particular church and I don't mean any one particular denomination because it's all the way across the board is uh, we did a disservice uh, 100 200 years ago whenever we started Sunday schools for lack of a better word because I know we call them different things in different groups but. Um, uh we age those things out based on based on your age you, we started them you know you know like we put all the teenagers in one class we put all the 20 year olds in one class the 30 year olds and and you and you and that is a great way if you want to create a generational gap that that'll do it you know because right. what happens is what will happen is if you get people who are in their 50s and 60s they start talking about what I don't understand The teens and the 20s instead of letting them mix together. I know my daughter one time was in a a group and they did have intergenerational people. She was in, she was 30 and they had people in their 70s in their class and I asked her how she liked that. She said I love it because they're sharing life experiences that we yet to experience and that's intergenerational ministry and I appreciate you talking about that. It's so important. So important. It is. One of the things you said was CSB is gender specific in this day and age and culture. How's that going for you?
1: <laughs> not, not like we would like <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you know, um, in, in, in the context of a local church, um, you know, going back to probably to the 1980s, men started to think more about their careers. Um, you know, uh, income started to increase, so hobbies increased, and so uh, men uh, we see don't serve in the context of a local church as much as they used to. Right. Um, you know, I, I my brother was a professional youth pastor, um, so I, I say this with all due respect, but a lot of church staffs these days have a um, a lot of professionals on the staff. Uh, whereas when I grew up, our, you know, uh, we had laymen uh, running the youth. Uh, they also did, you know, ran the, uh, they call them um, children's education directors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it, it got more people involved and we um, are sometimes in a drop-off mentality. You know, whereas I say that as parents say, "Okay, church, you mentor and disciple my kids." and they're they're not um being as active in that and And so, in this context of get of having more men involved, what has happened is uh, women have stepped up to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. and women uh, will do that when when men drop the ball. And there's other wonderful organizations out there like Awana and various things and most of them are um run co-ed
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that bad or wrong absolutely not awana is is known for you know scripture memory you know mm-hmm. Psalm 119 11 i will hide god's word in my heart so that i may not sin against thee that it is it, it, it's wonderful but there's also um uh, we could we can take it a little bit further um because uh all of the the other issues that we're seeing in our culture with the uh gender neutralness and the gender confusion um that we can help plant this the the truth and the correct seeds within the young boy's hearts of uh, you're, you don't need to be confused of of who you are you are um you know bought with the blood of jesus christ and are whole identity is in that but you are also born a male and God designed us differently and we can celebrate that without it being called toxic
0: yeah yeah that's good and 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 in, in this culture it is difficult to work through that and I appreciate you all are saying staying true to your original calling and it's very important that you do that Yes, you've yeah, shared yeah. a little bit about ministering to boy, but what what have you found has been the best way to disciple a young boy or even young men? What's the best way to do that?
1: Put them in uh, charge of others. Ooh, <laughs> um, well, that's no, interesting. Yes, when
0: they you mean even a even a six or seven or eight year well, old?
1: Maybe maybe not at that age. At age six or seven, you know, I, I joke around with parents that with with especially with a boy, you know, there's two switches. He's either on full blast or sleeping, and so you know, there there's parts of that where we're corralling all that energy in in a in a positive direction, and we're establishing the foundation. Our youngest age group is called tree climbers, and it's based upon Psalm one. You know, whereas uh, we're, we're teaching them those spiritual foundations, along with their dad. That one is specifically designed to be a father-son program. Right. And, and, and many dads want and really desire to mentor and disciple their son. They just don't know where to start. And this is a great place to start. Tree climbers first. And so we're, we're going to teach them basic principles, of how to read your Bible, how to pray, and, you know, the, the devotional aspect. Then the next, then the next step, uh you know ages eight to eleven, we use the principles of Luke 252. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and found favor with God and man. So a boy grows mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. Mm-hmm. And so we wanna, we wanna, we wanna uh the well-rounded, it's not all just a, a spiritual application, which everything we do, even game time has it, but we also understand and know there's a, a great big world out there to know and understand. You know, sports aspects they lo- they love that the um, the mental aspects we've got a module called mastermind uh, as well as the social social aspects and then when they get to uh, the battalion age ages 12 to 18 um, everything revolves around our seven points of valor mm. and you know you've probably heard of something called a smart goal and uh, the M, in that SMART stands for measurable. And so, you know, you you ask yourself in a spiritual context, if you're mentoring or discipling somebody, how do you know if what you're doing is being effective? You know, you, you don't have, you know, like if if you're running a business, you know, you, you basically can say, you know, what's your bottom line, your net income, you can see, you you can have some quite measurable. So we, uh, we really look to our seven points of valor honor courage chivalry purity loyalty obedience and dedication those seven points of course there's a whole lot more characteristics that we can do but we 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 kept it to seven and so you we have scripture verses that for each one and after several years of mentoring a, a teen guy you can say okay is he filled with honor you know, is he, you know, showing loyalty to, to the things he's involved in? Is he keeping his way pure? You know, there's, there's a lot of com- great conversations you can have with a young man about that, uh, open and real conversations. And so you can, um, kind of use those seven points of valor as, uh, the measurable aspect of what you're doing work. And then, then as I alluded to and started about putting them in charge, uh, the, the more responsibility you give them, the, the more that's gonna take. Uh, one aspect of our ministry that has been amazing is affiliation with summer camps across the country. We've got mm-hmm. 10 affiliated camps and a lot of our battalion guys uh, will go there and serve on summer camp staff. Here in my local areas, Camp Gregory Hill, I had mentioned that with uh, um, my co-ministry partner, Sam Richbart, um, after eighth grade, We'll have a young man come out and serve. He'll be one week as a camper, but then serve one week on service crew. The service crew um, is almost like a camper, but when everybody is doing craft or other things, they're cleaning the bathrooms, splitting wood, painting, fixing a cabin. And then after ninth grade, uh, they will. Do uh, a program called LIT, Leader in Training. Uh, the program directors for that year will take them on a five-day backpack trip and teach them all sorts of principles. Come back and go through pre-camp, and as as they go through their high school career and then collegians, the the things that they learn and come away with is lifelong, uh, and it it's it's amazing to see the transformation in these young men going through programs and uh, discipleship, leadership like that.
0: Oh, super. That's great. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Maybe we're not really shifting gears, but but uh, I know one of the things that you uh, are involved in is called mentoring out of the box.
1: Yes. Sure.
0: Um, what, what is that all about? And, and is that connected with CSB
1: or is it something different? It is. It, it it is it's 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 very connected and what okay. what we, we want to do is we want to take a small slice of what we do i alluded to earlier um some of the modules for the 8 to 11 year olds uh fishing and first aid uh, we've got a woodworking one um there's there's approximately 30 different topics you can choose from well um in in today's culture of busy families and men you know, they'll say, well, I don't know if I can give you a year of my time, but maybe I can give you four or six weeks. And so uh, mentoring out of the box is is basically the same um, materials that we would use on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, and we put a, enough supplies. Uh, what we do in the weekly context of a meeting is uh, do projects. We have one called Siege Weapons, and we actually build catapults. And uh, the boys love that well, we have all of the supplies in this box for enough for five boys. And uh, it, it takes a small slice of what we do. And then at the end, there's a, a follow up to say, Hey, did you really enjoy this? Uh, get another kit or look into starting Christian service brigade at your local church. And so that that's where um, mentoring out of the box uh, came from. We know that um, doing it in, in a, in a small slice is great. But that's not everything. Um, you know, when you think about yourself as a parent raising your child, right. it's a process. It takes years and years and years. Right, you, know, right. you get frustrated telling them the same thing over and over again. Um, but you, you, at the end of the day, you understand and know that um, I'm not expecting them to to transform their life overnight. And so you you invest. So that's where we we point it to the Christian Service Brigade. Uh, with that uh longer discipleship path so an individual can get involved in and in usually mentoring
0: out of the box without actually being involved with a christian service brigade unit at That's some correct. point and correct. so give them gives them a little taste of what uh CSB is a little bit about and probably uh, uh people will see the the importance of Going deeper into CSB and utilizing
1: it—that's absolutely—and we and we have uh, we want to develop a whole lot of this uh, more in the future. But we also, uh, I'd mentioned that full-blown kit, enough supplies for five boys. We also have what we call mentoring out of the box, one by one kits, where it's Uh just dad and his son. And you know, we we only have a couple of those now. Whittling will come, be coming out very soon. But that is even in a smaller uh, group. But we know that uh robert lewis in his book raising a modern day knight right. called, you know he's uh one of his aspects was a, a community of men yep. When, yep when when we first started i talked about the five other men that got involved in my life that is clearly evident in my youngest son garrett's life what mm. he got married in uh june of 2018 i didn't even have to review his uh letting invite guest list. All five of those men were, were, um, he invited them. And it it has made such a big difference in his life because we each gave each other permission to speak in our son's lives, that Mm -hmm. community of men aspect. So doing a one-on-one is great, but don't do it alone for a long time. Get other guys involved in your son's life as well. Amen. I totally agree
0: with that. That is super because uh, you may think you know it all, but you don't really know it all.
1: <laughs> no, and, and there comes a time, especially when they're a teenager, there comes a time in their life where uh, dad doesn't know anything. You know, yeah. they, they don't they don't really listen. But when another man comes along and affirms what dad is saying, that makes a huge. that makes a big difference. You're really? absolutely correct. It makes a big difference. I don't know how many times
0: I've heard my son say. That's what my dad said. <laughs>
1: you know? Well, there's there's a, there's a quick story about um, uh, Tony Dungy, you know, yeah. Super Bowl winning head coach of a football team. Well, he, he came down for breakfast one day, and his son was eating junk for breakfast. And he was t- telling him, you got to – it's football season, son. You need to go to breakfast. Ah, I know what I'm doing, Dad. Nah. And so a couple of days later, he comes down, and, and he is. He's eating a good breakfast. And, uh, you know t- – Tony Dungy's like, oh, he's starting to listen. He's like, oh, you're eating a good breakfast, son. He says, yeah, coach told me. <laughs> so his high school football coach, it took him, whereas, you know, didn't listen to dad, who's a Super Bowl winning head coach. So, if, if Tony Dungy's son doesn't listen, don't think your son's going to listen. Yeah, that's right. You got that right. Absolutely. And it's good to
0: have those other men that – uh, in, in their lives uh, to to minister yep. to them. Uh, super. Scott, we're coming up on our time. I, I, I got one question before I, I kind of allow you to share your heart. Uh, I was going to do that at the very beginning, but I kind of overlooked it because we got right straight into talking about your your uh, relationship with the Lord and, and the Christian Service Brigade. But I've got to ask, because I know there's a number of our listeners out here, probably heard in your bio that we talked about that you're an Adirondack 46er. And I never heard that until I met you, and you started talking about it. So, explain what that is to our to our audience, just a little bit, if you don't mind.
1: Oh, I would I would love to. It, um, there are most people have heard of Lake Placid, New York. Um, two times the Winter Olympics have been held there, in and around that, 1932 and 1980 and uh, the Adirondack Mountains is part of it. Whiteface uh, is probably one of the most well-known because that's where a lot of the skiing hills are. And so there are 46 peaks in the Adirondack Mountains right around Lake Placid that are higher than 4,000 feet in elevation. And once you climb all 46, then you can join this club. And uh, it was actually, I was doing some research for my own battalion the 12 to 18 year olds on some backpacking and hiking and i came across this so i had first started and did two peaks in july of 2014. it wasn't until three years later columbus day weekend of 2017 i started to get serious about it so it really it took me four Plus seven years in uh, reality, but I became serious about it in four. We live six hours away in the Buffalo, New York area to the Lake Placid area, and I finished and completed. Sorry if I'm going to cry here, but I finished and completed my 46th peak on Columbus Day weekend of of 2021. I had planned it to for Whiteface because uh, back in the New Deal era uh they made a road to the top there's even an elevator and so i planned on that one specifically so a lot of family and friends who either couldn't or wouldn't hike with me um uh could could meet at the top for a big celebration and um my dad was up there (laughs) Mm. every time i got to a peak sorry mike but every time i got to a peak through the forty six, I thought about my dad. It's like I wish he could see this view. You know, he was in his eighties and could not. You know, he physically could not hike anymore. Right. My dad is so instrumental in my life throughout it. He was my Royal Ranger leader. He was he was involved in Royal Rangers for forty eight years, right up until the time of his death, because he passed away one month after that. Wow. Right. Um, when I finished the 46th and to have him up there is a memory I'm going to cherish forever. And so, um, there's only, I, my, my number is 13,767. So there's less than 14,000 people who have completed all, all 46 peaks. Mm -hmm. When did they
0: start, when did they start uh, keeping track of, of the number of people who did that?
1: This club is almost a hundred years old. Wow! And, uh, you, you used to have to write a letter to this woman, older woman named grace. Um, and you ever, after every peak you did, you'd write her a letter um, saying the date who was with you, maybe a little story. And she kept track of all of that. Um, now they, now they've got a lot of things on online. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's almost a hundred years old uh, this club
0: great that is super that is super that I, I i love hearing you talk about that story because it's so meaningful and in the, in the aspect of it you're just sharing about how it calls you to think back to your dad and your relationship with your dad and and, and all that uh you know it's it's uh, not not too many of us men growing up can have those kinds of re- reflections and, and i've um, taken
1: so many so many teen young men up with me yeah uh, and that like i, I talk- don't
0: remember that Yeah, and they'll remember that.
1: Yeah, and it because it's not easy. There are many parts of the trails are like, who thought this was a trail? (laughs) Uh, The 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 scrambling and the mud and Mm -hmm. uh, the other other aspects that it's it's not an easy thing to do and especially I'm I'm 58 years old now and I wish I would have found out about this club when I was their age I kept telling them <laughs> that and you know going up's not too bad you know you, you stop and take some rest the cardio but it's coming down on your knees uh that that's where that's where a lot of the pain would occur it's coming down wow. wow but I'm so I, uh, it, it was great after the um, after we had finished on whiteface and we're we're hiking down several of the young men asked me how I felt and I says I, I, it's great you know this this is a neat accomplishment but I don't feel it's at en- the end of the road here I want and I hope and encourage you to finish as well and and I'll help you with it and I hope you keep asking me back and they all of them said, oh yeah oh yeah so uh, there there were many peaks that I got to the top and there were zero views. It was just socked in by weather. Yeah. So yeah. I want to do a greatest hits tour.
0: <laughs> well, you know, what's great about it is that you, you didn't just do this for uh, personal achievement. I mean, you did, but, but at the same time you took young men with you and, and that, that speaks a lot into those young men's lives. And, and do it and doing that that and, and that's a good example to uh, many of us other men that we need to be doing that kind of stuff with young men we need to be taking those guys with us on various um trips like that and so we can so we can spend time with them
1: and pour into absolutely. their lives absolutely i had mentioned earlier the the it was a six hour drive one way to get there mm-hmm. so it wasn't it, that's why it for it took so long to finish and in those 12 hours each way you know both ways there's a lot of great conversations that oh occur. yeah i'm
0: sure there was i'm sure there was it's kind of like i said a few minutes ago our time is coming kind of coming to a close here and and but i want to just give you the floor so to speak and take about a, a couple of minutes just to share your heart uh about uh, things that we as men need to be doing and uh how can we minister uh not only as as, uh, uh, men in our churches, but as dads and, and, and just sharing our lives, pouring our lives into, into
1: the next generation. Sure. I shared some personal things that have happened in my life. And I, and speaking specifically to dads right now, the best thing you can do for your children is be the best husband you can be. Um, if, if you're in a sit, if you find yourself in a situation like I did, um, you are mentoring and disciplining your children with one or maybe even both hands tied behind your back. Being a single parent is it, it, it puts you at a big disadvantage. So be the best husband that you can be, mm-hmm. and uh, also fathers, don't do it alone. Find. Oh, yeah. Find a uh, find another group. You know, start Christian Service Brigade, or or find a a group of men where you can meet together with your sons and do life together. And don't do it, um, you know, here or there. Make a plan. You, uh, I highly recommend uh, Robert Lewis's book, "Raising a Modern Day Knight," mm. uh, and so make a plan that it's it's going to be a, a, a long-term process. And mm. just take the, the twists and turns and the valleys and all, all the things of my life um, to not be an example, but become an example. Mm. They look to you always, you know, whether you're not speaking, whether you're there or not. Um, I, I encourage... Uh, men who are brigade leaders. One of the biggest aspects you can do to make a difference in a boy's life is show up. They'll they they know if you're there sporadically or not. Uh, get to know their name on a personal level. So um, you are an example, and uh, just apply the principles and the aspect of 2 Timothy 2, it's actually been our ministry's theme verse for 75 plus years, this is what you have heard from me amongst many witnesses, trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, and yep. so that, that principle in that short verse, there's four generations of passing it on. Hmm. Wow, good word, good word, I appreciate that, Scott, if they want to
0: know more about Christian Service Brigade, how would they find out about that?
1: Uh, you can go to our website at CSB, that stands Christian Service Brigade, CSB Ministries.org.
0: Okay. And how about mentoring out of the box? If they want mentoring out of the
1: that. box.com. Yeah. Yes. And we okay, also so- we also even have just a, a little bit of a plug. We also have our own. i I'm, I have a disease called pinewood derby uh we call it stock car because the boy scouts of america have that trademark uh right. derby.com. uh that's another great way to apply spiritual principles and applications it's not about building a fast car it's about building strong boys
0: Amen. And so, Amen.
1: You know, get guys Amen. together and build your cars and race them
0: people out, uh, out there are listening all this man i encourage you to check out csbministries.com excuse me.org in today's culture in, in today's world there's nothing more important for us men to be pouring our lives into young men and young boys because Amen. it will affect it will affect uh, them and the world for generations to come. And that's one of the things that we have failed, I believe, in the in so many decades now, is passing on uh, our spiritual lives into these young men. So it is so important for us to Amen, do that, Mike. Scott, I appreciate you being with me today. You've provided a lot of information and uh, uh, for us to really uh, take hold of and digest. And I hope our listening audience would reach out to you and the Christian Service Brigade and mentoring on the box. And even this, uh, what was it, Derby. dot com. Okay. And uh, and be, be getting involved. Thank you, Scott, so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Mike. God bless you.
0: And as we close out our program, I would encourage you also to check out my new book, The Call, A Journey into Men's Ministry. It's on, you can get it on amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. And I encourage you, to, if you would, after you read the book, to leave us a, note, a review of the book. It's, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. And we thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandler. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape Fear Men and Men's Ministry Coalition uh, Organization. If you enjoyed the program, I would like to ask you to do two things share this program with uh, someone else with a friend and consider helping us out uh, by keeping this broadcast coming to you by uh, uh going to k dot mennet and clicking on that giving button at the top and help us out uh, to keep these programs going k men is a 501c3 organization operating under ministry alliance and all donations are tax deductible to learn more about K Fear Men and, and, and how Cape Fear Men can help you to reach men in your church, or, or if you want to know more about what we discussed on these programs, go to CapeFearMen.net. If you'd like to speak to me directly, you can email me at Mike.Sandlin at CapeFearMen.net. But for now, I want to leave you with this blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you. So this is Mike Sandlin and God bless, and I hope you will join me again next time on Intentional Conversations Mike Sandlin.